Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. Today on River City 360, we'll continue our coverage of the Winnipeg Foundation's summer internship program and speak with Kira Wardrop about her experience at Oak Table Community Ministry. Then we'll speak with Professor Mary Lou McFedrin, the founder and instructor of Human Rights University, emerging issues in human rights at the University of Winnipeg's Global College. She'll tell us all about how this intensive, immersive university course is helping students understand a variety of subjects related to human rights. We'll also speak with CJ and use president of the board of directors Tom Dercola and he'll tell us all about their partnership with the Winnipeg Gold Eyes as well as an exciting event happening this Wednesday at Shaw Park. And finally Noah Ehrenberg will join us in studio to talk about the latest citizen journalism through the lens of the Winnipeg Foundation Citizen Journalism Project Community News Commons. All this some great tunes and much much more on today's episode of River City 360. Good morning and welcome to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you this morning. Nolan, how's your week been? It's been great, actually. Uh, finally uh, got out of the rain. It rained a little earlier this week, so I was able to jo- enjoy the weather. Made it out to Stonewall this weekend for quarry days. It's happening. Today's the final day, so oh, it's, it's nice. been a very good weekend. Yeah, how about you? Uh, it's been a great week as well. Um, I recently went to a concert on Friday, which oh, was a boy. wonderful, fun event. Always good. Yeah, and uh, of course... The, uh, I've got to say, from the storms earlier this week, quite a bit of lightning, like yeah. more so than you usually yeah. see. It was loud in a summer storm. I like it though. Do you like w- s- storms? I do. I do too. Yeah. I just sit out on the patio and just kind of take it all in. It's kind of a nice, serene little moment. I don't like being caught in them though. What concert uh, did you see? I went to Electric Sunset at Shaw Park. Oh, very cool. Awesome. It's always good to have music in your life. So for our listeners, why don't we get to some music? How about uh, a little ABBA tune, Santa Rosa, right here on River City 360. Thank you. 
Welcome back to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you this morning. Recently, we went to Global College at the University of Winnipeg to catch up with a couple of the interns in the Winnipeg Foundation's summer internship program, which pairs youth with mentors at charitable and nonprofit organizations throughout the city. One of the interns, Kira Wardrop, is working with Oak Table Community Ministry in Osborne Village, and she shared her experiences with RC360. Tell us a little bit about what Oak Table does. Uh, Oak Table is a community outreach and drop-in center. Um, It's out of the St. Augustine Church off of River. Um, So we're pretty central in the Osborne community. And what we do, we provide a a warm meal at lunchtime and a place for people to hang out and just sort of get the support that they need uh, from their community. So we provide programming from a drop-in. I'm not sure how to explain it. It's like we do some faith-based counseling, and then we do crisis uh, counseling referrals. Um, We sometimes have nursing students who will come in and um, they'll give referrals or they'll give um, information and we do like a healthcare fair, that sort of thing. So we basically try to provide as much support as we can from as many different angles as we can for anyone who comes in our doors. That's excellent. What would you say, so you've been with the organization for a little over five weeks now, just over the halfway point in your summer internship. What has your experience been like so far? What what are some of the projects that you've been taking on while there? It's been hectic, but eye-opening. I've never worked with this amount of people and this amount of diversity, which is interesting. And right now I've been uh, working on developing some outreach programming for just anyone who will come in. Uh, We do uh, themed days uh, for our meals sometimes just because we want it to be sort of the highlight of their week. Um, We do games and other interactive uh, experiences where we'll take people outside. We've taken them to the beach which was really fun and we've taken them to fringe festivals so we try I'm trying to get people immersed into uh, the culture of our community and sort of find different opportunities for them to enjoy themselves. I've also been working at compiling a stock list uh, for our donors and for our treasury department. I've just been trying to look at the logistics side of what we're getting in in terms of donations and what uh, we're using and what we're giving back to the community. What would you say is kind of the most important thing you've learned so far from your experience? Um, I've learned never to prejudge someone because people come off the streets um, in all different ways and you really just have to be open and accepting because everyone has their own story and they all have their own reasons for doing things. So for me, from my uh, stance, is privileged, right? It's hard for people who are privileged to sort of understand the rationale behind um, the way people will speak to you or the actions that they'll take towards you and others. So you just really have to be open and accepting to the fact that this is their way of communication and this is their way of sort of expressing themselves to the world. And of course you have to be, uh, they have to be respectful as well. So there's, you have to sort of strike this balance between respect and acceptance. With just a few weeks left in your internship, what's uh, one of the main things that you're hoping you accomplish before your time is up there? I'm just hoping to get all of my spreadsheets streamlined so that people can take them over and continue doing it throughout the fall and the winter, just because they are complicated, at least to me. And so I'm trying to make sure that that's easy and efficient for even just my, um, my mentor to take over. 
I also just want to make sure that I leave enough information for them uh, in terms of uh, social media, because I'm also working a little bit of that aspect, so that they can continue their online presence without me. So I'm just kind of trying to work on a way of making all my projects independent of my influence. And what drew you to participate in the summer internship program initially, and is working in nonprofits or the philanthropic sector something that you're hoping to kind of continue on going forward? Surprisingly, I never really thought of the nonprofit sector as something that I'd be interested in. Um, but now that I've been working for, I guess, five weeks now with the nonprofits, I'm finding that it's way more diverse than I thought it would be. So I'm really enjoying it. And what drew me to the program, Tolu had spoken to me or to our YIP group about it. And I was like, hey, that sounds like a really cool idea. I should figure that out because I've been doing any kind of intern position throughout the summer for the past like three years. So I'm always open to trying something different. And I thought, I live around Osborne, so to meet the community and uh, get these connections going, as well as just to see my work make a difference, because a lot of the time that doesn't happen with regular jobs like retail, um, which a lot of teenagers have right now. So it's really nice to see that I'm actually doing something that's directly affecting someone, and like maybe something that I worked on in the morning of a Monday is actually being implemented the Thursday afternoon, and I can see people like being really happy about it. You get those tangible results. You see kind of the difference. And it's just from something that you were doing earlier in the week, right? Yeah, no, it's amazing. And then you hear the feedback too. So then you know how to improve and you know what they need from you, right? So it's, it's a really good way to work, I think. That's excellent. Kira, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. You're welcome. Thanks, Robert. And thanks, Kira. We'll feature another intern from the summer internship program on next week's show as well. Um, And for more information about Oak Table Community Ministry, you can visit oaktable.ca, O-A-K-T-A-B-L-E.ca. Coming up after the break, we'll speak with Professor Mary Lou McFedrin, instructor of Human Rights University. Emerging Issues in Human Rights at the University of Winnipeg's Global College. It's not a typical university course, and she'll tell us how those elements help students better understand issues through a human rights framework. But first, here's Ed Bickert with Your Right as Rain, right here on RC360.
Good morning and welcome back to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you this morning. Now, as we mentioned earlier on in the program, we were at the University of Winnipeg's Global College speaking to a couple of the participants in the Winnipeg Foundation's summer internship program. Now, Global College, which focuses on human rights, is another of the organizations that's hosting a SIP intern throughout the summer. And we sat in for a portion of a course called Human Rights University, that's city as in C-I-T-Y, Emerging Issues in Human Rights. Now in its sixth year, it's an intensive summer course that takes place during the first two weeks of August, and it's offered in conjunction with several partners, including the Canadian Museum for Human Rights, Rotary World Peace Partners, Taking It Global, and the Winnipeg Foundation. Professor Mary Lou McFedrin is the founder and instructor of the course, and I sat down with her to discuss what the course is all about and what makes it unique. We're able to expose students to on-the-ground, frontline human rights advocacy, including where people might not necessarily define themselves as human rights advocates. They may say, well, what I'm focusing on is trying to obtain a decent minimum income. But as soon as one understands the human rights framework, one can appreciate that indeed that is human rights work that poverty is one of the greatest enemies of people being able to live their human rights. We have this emphasis on not only how do people know their rights, but how do they then claim their rights? And even after they've claimed their rights, that still does not mean that they're necessarily living their rights. So the course explores many of the aspects of those three states of being, the knowing, the claiming, the living of rights. Professor McFedrin explained that students are able to access the Canadian Museum for Human Rights for the duration of the course and use it as a resource for their final assignment, which can be completed as a written essay or a video project. Classes begin in a homeroom, but from there, they then move out to various parts of the city based on the subjects that are being discussed. When we're studying a particular topic, so for example, this morning we were focusing on the right to food food security. Well, that class took place at the food bank at Winnipeg Harvest with David Northcott and Donald Benham at Winnipeg Harvest. And the course launched at Folklorama. So we have what we call our class on the bus. So I give mini lectures on a VIP bus at Folklorama and the, the class is about the pavilions. We choose two pavilions to visit. This year we went to the um, Afro-Caribbean pavilion and the Chinese pavilion. And then we have material in the course about aspects of human rights in those two countries. And then the next day we look, it's kind of by half day, we, we focus on different aspects of human rights. And by the time we get to day three in the course, we're spending the entire day with Aboriginal leaders at Gani Ganichuk. And they deliver the learning program when we're in their space, in their center. And they begin with ceremony. They explain a pipe ceremony. We do a smudge. They then uh, do a lot of circle. And Professor McFedrin mentioned that having a discussion in a circle, as opposed to sitting theater style in a lecture hall, is important for encouraging dialogue amongst the students. Before the course begins, Professor McFedrin interviews each prospective student. Part of the pedagogy of the course, part of the design, the learning design of the course, is to seek diversity, 
diversity of culture, diversity of religion, diversity of gender, diversity of whether people have been born in Canada or not. So a lot of the learning that is done in this course is from each other. If we're having a conversation, for example, about child soldiers, chances are very high that we have one or more students in the class who's had direct personal experience with some aspect of children being forced into being soldiers or in the case of, of girls being forced into sexual slavery as a, as a form of the forced labor. We're able to expose students to on-the-ground, front-line human rights advocacy, including where people might not necessarily define themselves as human rights advocates. They may say, well, what I'm focusing on is trying to obtain a decent minimum income. But as soon as one understands the human rights framework, one can appreciate that indeed that is human rights work that poverty is one of the greatest enemies of people being able to live their human rights. I asked Professor McFedrin how the dialogue about human rights was moving forward or changing, particularly compared to when the course began six years ago. This year, she noted that nearly half of the students were business majors. Business and human rights is one of the emerging trends in human rights internationally. And when you consider the reality that many international corporations have larger budgets than many countries, in many people's lives, in many countries, human rights violations are very closely tied to certain corporate activities. And there is virtually no accountability. So the area of business and human rights is something that business students themselves are starting to vote with their feet, essentially. And as a result of that, I think we're starting to have an influence on young leaders who, although they're not necessarily getting much, if at all, about human rights in their business programs, they're making the choice to become global corporate citizens with a very strong understanding of human rights. The other trend that is also growing is that we have a significant number of international students. Some of those students may well end up staying in Winnipeg and they're extremely welcome to be part of our mosaic in this city. But many of them are going to go back to their countries. And for some of them, they're returning to countries which have very questionable human rights practices. Who knows what leadership they might bring over the years. If you're interested in learning more about Human Rights University, you can visit the University of Winnipeg website at uwinnipeg.ca and search for Global College. Thank you very much to Professor Mary Lou McFedrin for sitting down and speaking with me about Human Rights University at Global College. Thanks, Robert. Coming up after the break, Tom Dercola, the president of the board of directors at our very own station, CJNU, will be joining us in studio for a chat. Uh, as some of our listeners know, this is the very first year that CJNU has been broadcasting Winnipeg Gold Eyes games uh, live. And coming from coming to you this Wednesday is their Turn Back the Clock Night, which is going to feature the fish wearing retro jerseys and a whole bunch of fun entertainment that's uh, c- courtesy of CJNU. So we can't wait to talk to Tom and hear what they've got planned for the evening. 
We'll also ask Tom about how the partnership with the Goldeyes has been going thus far. They've been doing a great job broadcasting the games. So, uh, yeah, can't wait to hear more. But first, uh, how about Frank Sinatra and Doris Day with Take Me Out to the Ball Game, right here on River City 360. Take me out to the ball Hang out of my heart. Take me out with a crowd. Buy me some peanuts and those Cracker Jacks. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. Cause it's one, one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with that crowd. Buy me some peanuts and those racket jacks. I, I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, one, two, two, three strikes, you're out at the old. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning, and we're now joined in studio by a very special guest. We have the president of the board of directors of CJNU of 93.7, uh, Tom Dracola. Tom, thanks for joining us. Well, it's nice to be here in a, a different format. Usually yeah. I'm the one that's doing the announcing, right. and uh, today I'm uh, being the interviewee. Well, friend of the show, you've been on River City 360 before, but today we wanted to bring you on to talk about an exciting event coming up here in Winnipeg. Um, there's an event being sponsored by CJNU, partnering with the Gold Eyes, called the Turn Back the Clock Night, which is happening August 25th, 2016. And we're, we're going to talk about that, give all our listeners the details in a little bit, but first I wanted to talk about the partnership with with the Gold Eyes and how that's worked out for you. So maybe just uh, give us the Coles Notes version of, of how that came to be and what, what the partnership means for the station. I was approached by the uh, Gold Eyes management in October during our pledge drive last year, and they wanted to discuss our being their radio conduit for the Winnipeg Gold Eyes games. Well, I uh, had some discussions with uh, Dan Chase, the Director of Marketing Communications, and Dan happens to be a former student of mine in oh. another lifetime. Well, as that's, a Winnipeg, that's a Winnipeg connection, hey, you know, like everybody <laughs> knows everybody. It's a small Winnipeg. For sure. And as the negotiations uh, began, I wanted to recuse myself because I had a personal relationship with Dan and I had been working with the Gold Eyes for a, a couple of years as their uh, promoter on the station. And I turned it over to a committee of uh, Chris Stevens, and Dorothy Doby and our station manager, Bill Stewart. And they conducted the negotiations and uh, completed it after a period of about six weeks and then brought it to the board. And we had an excellent board meeting that night. There were many of our board members who were certainly hesitant about the proposal, but after a very passionate but very learned discussion, the vote was unanimous. Mm -hmm. The board all agreed that this was a good proposal for CGNU and also for the Gold Eyes. It's a lot to take on, obviously, for, for the station, but uh, what has it meant for the station to have that partnership? 
Well, it has meant a lot because we're a volunteer-driven station. We have mm-hmm. one paid employee, and the rest is volunteers. In terms of promotion, it has been absolutely excellent. We have gathered in a number of new listeners who have never heard of our station and who, before the game and after the game, are listening to our music and listening to our nostalgic sound and saying, hey, I've never heard this before. Of course, on the other hand, we've probably had some listeners who joined our station for the sake of music and aren't too pleased about baseball. Okay. Have you had a little bit of uh, feedback on both sides? Yes, we have. Yeah. But overall, it's been generally positive. Yeah, I mean, the Gold Eyes are beloved in this city. You know, when you, can, you can't really fault the Gold Eyes for anything. No, the demographic that our listening audience is, is certainly the demographic that belongs to the Gold Eyes for in sure. Shaw Park. For sure. So tell, tell us a little bit about this event that's coming up. It's August 25th. Uh, you guys are doing a th- uh, turn back the clock night. What does that mean exactly? Turn back the clock night. Well, the Gold Eyes have arranged this year after year, and we've wanted to participate. And we've never had the opportunity to do so. But now being the uh, radio conduit for the Gold Eyes, it's a perfect opportunity for us. And it's going to be a throwback night. It's going to Are they going off. to be in the throwback jerseys too? And like the, it's the going to be a throwback songs? to the 50s and oh, the 60s. Cool. The Gold Eyes are going to have on free ride, and they're going to start off on the free stage with our very own Larry Updike oh, being yeah. the MC cool. for uh, some Beatles tunes. So for the first hour between 6 and 7 before the game starts, fans can come enjoy the free stage and our very own Larry Updike introducing free ride as the beatles oh very cool so it's a it's a you can see a some some bands you can see a baseball game like what else could you need for a night on night out on the town well then the game starts and at uh, seven o'clock the ceremonial first pitch is going to be thrown out by our very own gary moyer who's still very much involved in baseball and we thought he would be just the perfect person to do that that's great so how are the Gold Eyes doing this year? How, how, how is your broadcast going? Has it been working out well for the station? For the most part, yes. We've had to do some technical upgrades. The oh, Gold Eyes sure. have had to do some technical upgrades. And I think in the, the grand scheme of things, we've perhaps missed five or six minutes in total of all the games oh, that have wow. been broadcast up to this particular And there's a point. lot of games, like you're doing uh, away games as well? We do the game, away games as well. Fantastic. That's right. Awesome. And the exhibition games. And likely the playoffs, because the goal eyes are leading the wild card berth. So we're probably guaranteed at least three games into the playoffs as well. Great. So the, again, like we mentioned, this is happening August 25th. 7 p.m. is the game time. But if you want to get there early to see free ride, you want to be there around 6-ish? 6 is the time the gates open. Okay. And should also tell people we're going to have a display up on the concourse. And to the first 500 folks who come to our display table, headed by Jim Pappas... A free stress ball with CJNU logo on it. Oh, You'll find great. out a little bit about CJNU if you don't know anything about it. And we also have a skybox that night, and we are, uh, we've invited some very special people to join us. Cool. And Dorothy Doby and Chris Stevens will oh, be awesome. hosting our Skybox that evening. Fantastic. So like we said, you can go August 25th, 2016. If you want more information, go to cjnu.ca and, or else goldeyes.ca to, to find out more information about the tickets. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And the last thing I want to mention, sure. we also have a 50-50 night. So oh, perfect. Uh, money there helps the Winnipeg F- Goldeyes Field of Dreams Foundation. It's also going to help CGNU. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Tom Dracola, for talking to us today. Thank you for the invite. 
Thanks, Nolan. As they mentioned, you can visit goldeyes.com for tickets to the game this coming Wednesday, August 25th, or you can visit cjnu.ca for more information. Coming up after the break, Noah Ehrenberg joins us in studio to talk about this week in Winnipeg through the lens of Community News Commons, the citizen journalism project here in Winnipeg. But before we get to that, here's a song that you might very well hear on Turn Back the Clock Night this Wednesday. Here's Razzle Dazzle, Bill Haley and the Comets, right here on River City 360. On your mark! On your mark! Get set! Get set! Now ready! Ready! Go! Everybody razzle dazzle! The hipsters dance. And the square cats too. Won't you take a chance? This is all you do. You just take your baby. Don't you leave that spot. Then you dance like crazy. Give it all you've got. That's the razzle dazzle. If you're ready or not. Get set, get set, now ready, ready, go! Everybody razzle-dazzle, everybody razzle-dazzle, everybody razzle-dazzle, if it's all right along. Welcome back to River City 360, Nolan and Robert here with you this morning, and we're now joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg. He's the convener of Community News Commons. Noah, thank you for joining us. Good morning. How have you been? Just terrific. How's the how week about, uh, How are you boys? Oh, we're surviving. <laughs> yeah. Surviving slash thriving, depending on who you ask. Oh, for sure. So every week we, uh, this is personally one of my favorite parts of the show, is when you Me get too. to come in and tell <laughs> us about, oh, absolutely. You can't, you come in and tell us sort of uh, what's going on in Winnipeg through the lens of community citizen journalism and for maybe our listeners who don't know what that is what is a citizen journalist per se well a citizen journalist is someone is a citizen who likes to be a journalist and um and uh, anyone can i guess that's right as far as uh community news commons goes uh, what we provide is uh the uh, venue the, the the website communitynewscommons.org is a place to publish your multimedia and uh with my assistance as the editor of community news commons i help uh, citizen reporters tell stories and so these could be articles photos video audio and uh, essentially we publish it on the site and uh, and uh, we try and spread the word about uh, stories from communities not just in Winnipeg but uh, across Manitoba and you really never know what you're gonna get it's kind of like a box of chocolates it, from Forrest Gump totally it's it's so incredible it, it really is the most diverse newsroom I mean it is a virtual newsroom but it is the most diverse newsroom I've ever uh, worked in uh, because people are from all walks of life 
uh, all ages, all abilities. And so it's uh, it really it makes for a really interesting experience, really interesting read. And I think it kind of gives people a slice of life from the perspective of, um, you know, ordinary folks. From from the grassroots. Exactly. It's real. It's <laughs> real totally. news. It's not. And, you know, what I try and do is I try and uh, help, uh, you know, tell, uh, you know, frame it in as best a way as possible, make it as uh, journalistically sound as possible. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, certainly, um, uh, you know, we do hold workshops uh, twice a year in the spring and the fall. Uh, so the one's coming up in the fall will be uh, mid-October to the end of November. So cool. uh, stay tuned for those. Yeah, definitely. And we'll have dates and times for everyone if they're interested in yeah, joining up. exactly. And it's all free. So, I mean, it's great. I mean, we don't pay for the content, but uh, we're providing the service uh, for the citizens of Winnipeg. And you just go to communitynewscommons.org if you want to become involved. Just click on Become a Citizen Reporter, which is a little button at the top right-hand corner of your main page there. And it takes about a minute to be, uh, to create your profile. And then uh, you just post your stories, and, cool. um, and I help you uh, with the editing of them. So if someone was to go to communitynewscommons.org, and what, what are some of the stories they would be able to read right now? Oh, there's so many different types of stories, but... You know, one of the things I really enjoyed about uh, enjoy about Community News Commons is that it allows people to go to a concert and then review it. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of people that like doing that. And um, it's very interesting because you get different perspectives from different reviewers. And one reviewer um, named Ann Martin, who has uh, just started writing for uh, Community News Commons in the last few months, um, she has a little uh, review um, that we published late last uh, late this past week, which uh, had to do with a concert at Fort White. It was an outdoor concert, oh. and uh, by Rain Hamilton, like Fort White Farms. It, that's that right, Fort White Alive. They've okay, got a little cool. sort of cabin, and uh, and the concert was outside in the oh, evening. Oh, nice! And, it's so beautiful uh, out there. Oh, it's just a, it's extraordinary, and so um, it's a it's a great review because you get a sense of what it's like to be out there, uh, the loons, the crickets, and of <laughs> course the mosquitoes. Oh, and, yes. Um, and uh, forgot her mosquito repellent and a warm uh, piece of clothing. So that played a part in the in the review. <laughs> I would sure imagine. Sure does. But there's a reason why we're calling it Friendly Manitoba, uh -huh. and that's because um, she actually is uh, helped out by um, by somebody that's at the concert. Beautiful. So, so it's, a, it's a great re uh, review. You can also find other reviews. There's the Barbecue Blues Fest uh, that's happening, uh, well, it's, it happened this weekend, so there should be some reviews from that, um, so as many well festivals. as other concerts. Yeah, Rainbow Trout, I think, is taking place. Exactly. So, so many going on. Yeah, so uh, it's great because, like I say, um, the citizen reporters uh, will go out to a concert, they'll take some great photos, they'll do a review, and, uh, and then we publish it. Cool. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned earlier that we have a little bit, or you have a a little bit of coverage in rural yes. areas of Manitoba and I understand there's someone from Morris that's writing for the yes now. yeah in fact um uh, there are uh, citizen reporters in rural Manitoba that do uh, contribute some content to uh, Community News Commons. And uh, one um, writer named Sean Conway, who um, has written for CNC in the past, he's originally from Newfoundland. He uh, moved to Winnipeg years ago. Uh, he's been uh, writing for local publications in Winnipeg uh, over the course of the last decade. And uh, he's also been contributing uh, material to CNC. He has just moved from Winnipeg to Morris. Okay. And uh, he is working for a local newspaper in Morris. And he's covering uh, Morris South, so Altona, Winkler, all those different uh, towns back uh, down there uh, where there are uh, large populations, lots of stuff going on. And um, it was great to see Sean uh, uh, come back into the fold. Mm -hmm. And he has, uh, we published a story on Friday uh, from there, uh, from Morris, uh, which uh, talks about making ice in August. Like... Uh, 
for snow cones? Or? No, making ice for the multiplex, for the Morris multiplex. Oh, rink. like ice hockey. Ice hockey, okay. exactly. And it's a real art, making ice. It takes a long time. Like, you just don't do it overnight. It don't takes, just turn on a hose. Nope. and it takes, a, it takes like three weeks. And because okay. you got to, you know, layer Layers it and then and you got to put the paint. lines on. Okay, and, cool. and so it's um, it's a great little piece Canadi- of a piece of Canadiana, yeah. I would call it. And uh, it comes from Sean Conway, who we're so happy that um, he will now be doing some stories from that uh, part of the province. Cool. And uh, his first one that we published on Friday is a really good read. It's um, it's called Making Ice While cool. Curling Up with a Good Book. Oh, very cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a well, Canadian Manitobiana. If you want to call it <laughs> making right. ice in August. Well, I'm sure they're making ice all over the country I guess now. So, yeah, that's for true. sure. I mean, they're yeah. getting ready for hockey schools. They're getting right. ready for well, they're getting ready for the season. I guess you're getting ready for the season Heck too. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait. It's the most wonderful time of the year, Indeed. hockey season. Right. So on. at the end of our time together, Noah, we uh, ask you to bring us a, maybe a local song that our listeners maybe haven't heard before. So what have you got for us this week? Well, this week uh, I've got a great um, uh, singer songwriter. Uh, under the name of Begonia, uh, but uh, Begonia is actually um, a, a solo project from the um, acclaimed local artist uh, Alexa Dirks. I'd like to uh, feature a tune uh, by Begonia uh, from the album called Juniper. This is the song of the same name, Juniper. This is Begonia on River City 360, 93.7 CGNU-FM. All my shit's gonna hit the ceiling Then you see what I've been trying hard To keep myself from keep myself from revealing I've got a real good feeling
That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you very much for tuning in and a big thank you to all of our guests that spoke with us today. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes or subscribe to our podcast. You can do all those things online. Just visit us. Our website is rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. And what did you think about this week's show? We'd love to hear your feedback. Give us a call. Our listener line's open 24-7. Leave us a comment about the show. You can also suggest a topic for a future show. Or if there's a song that you'd just like to hear to make your Sunday morning a little brighter, we'd be happy to oblige. So give us a call. Numbers 204-944-9474, extension 360. We're also on Twitter and Facebook, so you can search at RiverCity360 on Twitter and RiverCity360 on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for RiverCity360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great Sunday. Mm-hmm.